Hello, welcome to episode 68 of the Never Iron Anything Comics Review podcast. This week we've got the return of the Sheriff of Dundee and the Laird of, I'm going to get this right, Brotty Ferry. Yes, it's Dave Robertson. How you doing, Dave? Hey, Tony. It's, You've it's, got it spot on. Brotty Ferry, yeah. Brotty. It's not Browty, isn't it? People who say that, not locals, are they? No. No. That's that's like people that talk about Edinburgh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, how's it going, man? You're right. Do you have a good Christmas, though? I don't think I've seen you since Christmas, have I? Uh, no. And I had a great Christmas. Uh, Santa was very good to me. Get any comics? Or? Santa. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got, uh, what did I get now? I got the Daredevil, uh, the Mazzucchelli Artisan Edition. Oh, nice. I got an Artisan as well, actually. I got the yeah. T- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one. Nice. Mm. And I got, uh, I got three. Now, what were they? The other one I got was uh, What We Don't Talk About. Oh, yeah, by... Is that, that's the Avery Hill book, isn't it? Mm, did they put it out? I think I they did, yeah. It's about the yeah. girl who goes back to her, her boyfriend's parents and they don't like That's her. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, and the third one was The Story of Sex. <laughs> Not a long book, then. <laughs> <laughs> Depends. <laughs> yeah, it's what I've been after for a while and uh, Santa brought it to yeah. me. The history, the history of sex throughout the ages. Oh, nice. I, I might want to do one of them for myself. It's just lights out under the covers on my own. It's not a very exciting yeah. book. Yeah, you could fine. make it like a little zine or something. <laughs> yeah, the story of my sex. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, you know, third of what February. About you? Did you get comics from? I just Santa got that Coast? artisan thing, um, and oh. we we obviously swap comics. Me, Vince, and Dan. So Dan got me the Viz Annual because he gets me that every year. So that's pretty cool. And um, Vince got me like a, a Marvel Comics diary that's got like covers of Bronze Age comics oh, in it yeah. and stuff that's quite cool yeah yeah i don't i'm of an age now i don't mind taking that sort of thing in the office i don't really care what people yeah. think you know uh, pretty exciting it don't does it right so how many times have we had you on now david this is seventh time i'm gonna say is that something like that sounds about right yeah. yeah what have you chosen for us to talk about tonight this time i went for astronauts of the future by louis trondheim and Manu Larsoni. Brilliant. Yes. Now. Excuse the uh, pronunciation. Yeah, there'll be loads of shit French accents in this, I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, the I'm guessing we're probably going to talk quite a lot about Trondheim, is my guess. Whilst I did uh-huh. enjoy the art, I think Trondheim has a, is a legend in France, isn't he? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. His catchphrase was, now I'm guessing this is why you like him. Because I know, I know you're a sort of let's get on with it kind of guy. And one of his catchphrases is be spontaneous. Is that, is oh. that something you knew about? No, I didn't, I didn't know that catchphrase, but it's a good one. Yeah. Uh, I think that comes from one of his earliest covers of Le, La, Le Lazard comic in 1990. Um, oh. Have you ever met Trondheim? Or... No. Okay. How, did you, how did you come to be a fan of his? I suspect it was probably through uh, Kim Thompson at Fantagraphics being a big fan of yeah. him and so publishing um, The Nimrod, which was a series they did in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, and probably they had articles about them in the journal and things. 
Yeah, I think um, uh, Kim Thompson turns up in a few. There's a great, go to the Europe comic site, there's a great essay on Trondheim by Paul Gravatt, which is, um, I've got to tell you, if you need to know anything about him and you, you can't listen to this, go read Paul's article. It's really good. And Kim Thompson's mentioned in the, in the bottom bit of there about um, about Nimrod. Um, yeah, all right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Um, I've met him twice, actually, or I've met him on in two separate areas. I met him... Um, a convention in LA I went to for No Brow. Um and I I sat there and watched him meet Sergio Aragones for the first time, which was quite a monumental 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 meeting. And yeah. um they discussed uh, it was meant to be Trondheim drawing live drawing, you know. Um on mm-hmm. a you know on on a Cintiq that was projected onto the screen above. And a bod- a buddy of mine called Nazelli who works for um Europe Comics introduced us. And and I watched I watched him meet and it was the best thing because they just stood there and talked about their fountain pens in the middle of the room. And um Serge Aragonis is a genius, you know, Trondheim is a genius and it was uh there was a little you know and Trondheim's quite a headstrong kind of guy, but you see there was like a real meeting of Titans there, you know, it's really nice. Mm-hmm. Um and I just read It's funny because uh Trondheim yeah. doesn't look like a Titan. He no, doesn't. No, he's not. A, he, he's got a bit of presence about him. But then again, Sergio has. God Almighty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I spent some time with both of them actually. I, was, I, was, I had a great chat with Sergio. But Trondheim um, ended up. I, I got. I, I went and bought poppies of Iraq from him at the table and had a good chat with him. And Nazelli arranged this interview. And he's as is the want of all French creators. You know, when you buy a book from, they do you a free sketch in it. And he did me a lovely sketch in it. A really impressive. And that's a great little book, a book that he wrote with his wife wrote it, Bridget Findacli, who is from Iraq. She's a a Christian from Iraq who um, escaped to the to France. But um, and then I did an interview with him, and um, he's got the devil in him. I'll tell you that now. He's funny because um, I think I said to him, "Why are you into comics? You know, why did you choose comics over you know another career?" And he looked at me, and he said, "For the girls." Right, and then <laughs> and then he kept like looking like and there's this bit of a silence and he's like tapping my leg and trying to get me to laugh. <laughs> he's like, brilliant, you know, just how I wanted him to be. <laughs> and um, and then I think about about a year and a half later, I was on Glem and he just walked in. He had a little entourage with him and he walked in, and um, he walked up to me, and I said, um, oh, how are you doing? And he went, he just went, not you again. And and he shook my hand and gave me like this cheeky little wink as if he's being nice about it. Do you know what I mean? And wandered off. And I thought, that's brilliant. That's great, isn't it? <laughs> he's scutting uh, the edge there. Yeah, yeah. You know, you could take that one way or the other. Yeah. He's um and well, he's um he's got the humour. Yeah, obviously. he does it. He does it with a, sense, a great sense of humour. Yeah, and he's not. He doesn't do many interviews. He's not fond of them, I think. Um. But uh, can you remember, so it was, do you think it was Nimrod was your first intro- introduction to him, was it, do you think? Yeah, I think so. And then this series, uh, Oddballs, that I read Astronauts of the Future then. Right, okay. But it was an NBM thing. Oh, what, like a, a, um, a, a comic as opposed to a collection, you mean? Yeah, it was a, it was a series of issues, yeah. Okay. Because the it one was, that you've uh, um, you prompted me to buy is um, Louis Trondheim, Manu... Larson eight astronauts of the future, which is an MBM collection, isn't it? Yeah, I I read it in that series, which is all black and white. 
Oh, okay. And you can you can actually see that it has been coloured. Yeah. Because it's still got all the tones and what have you. Oh, so it's put into black and white from colour, you mean, from the original French Yeah, colour. that's what it looks like to me. Right. Okay, this is the collections in colour. It's a weird one, actually, yeah. because there's three books. I think elsewhere it's called Cosmonauts of the Future, isn't it? I think there's there's two oh. titles for it. And there's actually, if you look for it on Comixology, it's under Cosmonauts of the Future. The NBM collection is just of the first two books, and there is a third book, which I didn't realise until I was researching it yesterday. Um, okay. I don't know why they didn't collect yeah. all three of them. Seems a strange choice, but... Well, this Oddball series collects just the first two stories as well, yeah. Ah, right. Well, maybe that's the reason. So that's maybe. all the NBM have done then. Maybe they only had the rights for the first two or something. Mm. Yeah. Did you want to just explain I... what it's about, Dave, as well? Well, yeah. Uh, I'd like to say that... Remember, uh, months ago I said, could we do Astronauts of the Future? But we couldn't get it. Yeah. And so we did Starblazer instead. Ah, right. Okay. Right, yeah. and I found it on eBay, didn't I? Or you, you pointed me towards it on eBay. Yeah, I, I kept looking for it on eBay because I thought it would be good to do it. And then that, that came up and it was quite reasonable. Yeah, it was. Yeah, no, it was a good but price. I, yeah. I don't mind second-hand books, man. I'll read them as long as they're readable. I'm fine with it. You yeah. Know. Yeah. So I sent you the link and then uh, you bid on it and then you got it. And I thought, great. And then I looked and I thought, I want that. I want that. <laughs> one. You have to look for another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... Um, so, yeah, uh, summing up the the story. Yeah. Um, well, let's say there's two there's two kind of volumes, two two stories to it. Yes. And and the first one um, is uh, a boy and a girl at school, and they they're, they're kind of living in this fantasy world where everybody's robots or aliens or something like that. That's right. So Marina it's, believes that only the only human, she's the only human, and everyone else is a robot. And Gilbert, yeah. the boy, believes that everyone is an alien. That's right. Yeah. And the, and they're discussing um, these conspiracies. <laughs> and um, they, uh, they're obviously kids, so there's lots of, like, uh, girls are disgusting, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Between there's no, them. there's then, no kids written as adults in this, are there? They are genuine no, kids. Not. Yeah. Except for the fact that they have all these really quite serious discussions about who's robots and all the reasons why they're aliens or robots. Uh, and it's just a great mix. That's <laughs> what really appealed to me about it immediately, reading it. Yeah. And they the have difference. a strange code that they speak on when they phone each other, don't they? Because they're like, you know, they're like, it's like, a, it's like that movie Casino. They're aware of, you know, they think they're being phone tapped. So they talk yes. about steaks and eggs and all this sort of thing. That's right. And they've not quite figured it out beforehand, so they get themselves confused while they're on the phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was good. Yeah. Um, and they often defy their parents, and they go off on little adventures, don't they? There's one where they get on a train and go somewhere to sort of confront this this scientist that he's a robot, yes. and he and he sort of sends them on their way with like a flea in their ear, saying, "Well, don't you think something would have been happened now if we were actually robots or aliens or something?" And he sends them off, and for a moment yeah. there, you think. The theory's ruined. You think this is just sort of some childlike theory? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And it does play yeah, you kinda... like that for a while, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I remember. Um, I guess at some point we're, we're going to have to spoil this, right? Yeah, I think so. It. Yeah, I think you're because right. Then. You read, yeah. you read the comic, and especially the way I read it, which was in the monthly issue, so it lasted four months or so, and it was only um, maybe. 12 pages each time. Right, yeah. So I was able to live with the mystery for a while of what the story was here. And it was quite conceivably done. 
and uh, because you know everybody isn't aliens and robots, so you were kind of going towards this being a cute story about kids and all that, you know. Yeah, this exactly. Which way is this going to go, you know? Yeah. And I do uh, that. That meeting with the scientist was a good one. He almost went, "Yes, it's right," and then he went, "Don't be silly, beat it," kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and as you say, that made you think, oh, well, maybe not then. But then they went out and uh, Gilbert's little sister ran across the road and got hit by a car. Yeah. And that was a shock. And then they were like, oh, no, stay back, son. You don't want to see this, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. horrible accident kind of thing. And he's like, I want to see her. She's my sister. And then he did look and see her. And, of course, she's got the robot face. Yeah. She's been hit by the car. And they it's play her up to be like the annoying sister for you know, 20 or 30 pages about that point, don't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was, a again, that was a good character. The the annoying but kind of lovable as well little sister. Yeah. Which is, uh, because they'd also discussed, well, everybody's uh, everybody's robots, but not my parents, you know. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And then Marina's like, well, why not them as well? Everybody else's, you know. Yeah, yeah. So... so slowly their what we think is their fantasy a la something by stephen king or something you know one of these characters who writes good kids we think their secret is just like a, a bit of a nonsense that they you know and and you know it sort of just becomes this sort of playground game and then when the yeah. when the sister gets knocked over you think oh hang on a minute they're right yeah which is typical trondheim he don't care does he just throws it out and starts all over almost doesn't he it almost becomes a different book suddenly do you think that's true. Yeah, it does. You can't ever read it the same way you read it the first time again. Yeah, yeah. Because um, um, it's changed halfway through. What was and the? Th- uh, yeah, sorry, mate. Gone. No, I was just going to mention all the the good little character bits that everybody gets in the lead up to the reveal. Yeah. You know, so everyone's got all these little statements that they make and a lot of it's quite profound in its own wee way i thought it's quite this would be a good book for kids to read yeah i think so it'd make a great little cartoon yeah yeah it's quite a long sequence at school isn't there where yeah you know the school teacher is telling them where to sit and you know they're going in the playground and talking about stuff and and you think this is just a sort of funny little cute kid story you know which is well drawn and adults can enjoy you know the sort of thing and that and it does it does take a long time before it gets going and there's little hints here and there you know people looking giving the side eye to things and stuff like that as well aren't there you know if, yeah. you, if you read it what um what size were the pages when you read this because this is a sort of a smaller trade this is it's smaller than um it's it's not quite a5 but it's not much more bigger than that which i found oh. slightly annoying on my old eyes you know oh well i've i've got a a regular US comic sized version of it in black and white. Right, okay. Yeah. So you can see why I want that copy you've got. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What else is in the comic you got there? Is it is it just that story or do he... No, there's also you know, the other uh, Louis Trondheim McConey Oh, I like that one. Stories. Yeah. The rabbit. Yeah, McConey foils a scheme. Yeah. Now he he drew well. McConey when he when That's I watched right. him draw. And um it's uh i've got the one there's a few on comiXology and there's one where they go skiing um uh-huh. it's it's like sort of nutty but fun it's is it adult i don't know is it an adult comic or 
it's kind of lads hanging out kind of thing, is it? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, uh, uh, and um, it's, I, I don't remember much swearing in it. Well, that's to me always the difference between like, is this adult or not? Is it? Is it got so much swearing, and <laughs> has it got cocks in it? You know? <laughs> if there's a cock, it's it's for adults now. Yeah, there's even just a single cock. Yeah, you know? even just one. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about um, his lordship, Louis Trondheim. Um, are you aware that isn't his name? Uh, that's ringing a bell, but don't ask me what his name was. Okay, his real name is Laurent Chabosi. He was born in 1964 in Fontainebleau. Um, he was raised uh, a good Catholic boy, like myself. Um, okay. He's written and drawn over 100 titles, uh, many of which haven't been translated into the English language. It's a real shame. His stuff actually isn't that easy to get hold of. Um, like the McConey stuff, and you know, there's there's a, the odd digital thing appearing, but the Infinity Eight stuff's only just come out, which I recommend. We'll talk about in a minute. But oh, okay. His real name. I do have a a McConey book. Oh right. And again, hear him, scare him. And again, right. that's Fantagraphics collection. Yeah, I think they're the ideal Lord. publisher for him. As as I look at them, you know, there's sort of something about them. They've got he's got that edge. I think that suits their their index. Yeah. You know. Um. His name, Louis Trondheim, was actually adopted for a number of reasons. Firstly, he's a fan of Lewis Carroll. And secondly, Trondheim is the Norwegian town and the birthplace of Hal Foster's Prince Valiant. Oh. Yeah. However, Louis Trondheim is also an anagram of the world is mine. There you go. Mm. As, as is, I think, Nimrod. I think if you you can take the word, um, I think Nimrod comes from his name as well. Oh yeah, oh yeah, the Nimrod. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's something going on. Trondheim, yeah. Yeah. Very good. Wow. Oh, they took me 25 years and somebody <laughs> pointed that out for me to notice yeah. that. Well, luckily we got the Lambic Encyclopedia of Comics, which I'll go yeah. to in a little look. But yeah, yeah, he was part of the crowd of BD um, Bondesnay creators who were dubbed Nouvelle Vague, which I kind of like. And he had a technique he used to draw as anti-drawing. And was for some time, um, well, not a whole of his career, um, he was he, he was sort of, he didn't really like the overly drawn, 40, then the, the, the constrictions of the 48-page Bondesinet album. Um, and he wanted to go against it. Um, and that's why he does a lot of what he does, actually. He comes up with sort of crazy ideas about stuff. Um, he is something of a provocateur, a rebel... And he has, having met him a few times now, there's there's a little bit of danger in his eyes. Anyone who Googles him now, you will see. He looks a bit like that bloke in the pub you don't want to sit next to sometimes, I think. <laughs> yeah, which I admire. admire. Christophe Monu said that Trondheim was able to strip back what was on the page and so reveal what was underneath. Which is a slightly poncy way of saying that, you know, he, he takes out everything that isn't needed and shows us, shows us the cartoon and the line that is needed, I suppose. Good. Um... He um, keeps free-form cartoon journals pretty much constantly, which I kind of think is good. Um, mm -hmm. the, the reason I interviewed him was over a book called Maggie Garrison with Stephanie Stephanie Oyri um, about a London and Brighton-based detective. It was... Um, I think it's come out through Self-Made Hero, I'm going to say. Um, I read it as a sort of... a, um, a copy they sent through for... Um, 
publicity um europe comics but and, and it's absolutely brilliant it's a really dense and really well thought out detective story about a girl whose boss dies and she has to take over the private eye business and she doesn't really know what she's doing she's a bit of a drunk but she sort of stumbles away through and i said to him when i interviewed him i said oh, i really like that and he, i said you're gonna do some more with her and he went no and that was his whole answer so there you go that's it done yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's it done. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, interesting the way he does a lot of different kinds of stories as well he does yeah he really jumps about doesn't he Good, yeah yeah he did something called Infinity Eight, um, which is a sort of saucy sci-fi story, um, which he wrote, and it's a, like a revolving band of artists, a bit Barbarella-y, I suppose, Dave. It's that sort of feel to it. Mm. Uh, Poppies of Iraq, which I told you about, um, the McConey series, which you just mentioned, uh, Density from Delcourt. In 2006, he won the Grand Prix at Angoulême, um, and he had a comic called Poli- Politique Etranger. Have you ever heard of that one? No. No, I haven't either. And they made an opera of it, apparently. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's pretty impressive. Um, the Marvelous Adventures of McConney. There's three volumes in English from Comicsology, um, and McConney is the rabbit character that if you um, if you do if you watch him do some sketching, he quite often draws him. He's a sort of buck-toothed cartoon rabbit with, and his ears are always sort of all over the place. They sort of wave about, don't they? Yeah. 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 Good stuff. What draw? I guess it. Go on, mate. Sorry. No, I was about about McConey. I think I've always assumed that was quite close to being him. Yeah. But uh, I guess I've got no real reason to think that. But that's the assumption I've made. I think with it, with him hanging around with his buddies and them all chatting, it, it just comes across as quite real. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right, man. Yeah, it sounds about right yeah. to me. Um, he's got um. There's a strange sense of humour evident in this stuff, isn't it? Is there any? How would you describe it? Uh, well, there is. Uh, of course, you always have to account for translation. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But, um, I mean, in Astronauts for the Future, for instance, there was really a lot of smart, witty talk all the way through it. Yeah, there from is. all the characters. Yeah. It's quite a wordy book, uh, isn't it? They, they, they do yeah, chat a lot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a little bit that comes to mind is we finally get an image of of the aliens that are responsible for everything in this comic. Yeah. And and, uh, and they say they didn't want to show themselves because you'd be so terrified, you know. And uh, I think it's Gilbert says, are you sure it's not because we would laugh at them? You know, and there was this <laughs> yeah. picture of them. So it's got that, it's full of quick fire stuff like that. Yeah. And um, it's, there's a ridiculousness to what he does sometimes, isn't it? I mean, these two kids who, like we've just mentioned there, you know, start off as school friends and we get this sort of detailed backstory of them meeting at school and sitting next to each other and playing in the playground and all this sort of thing. But about 40 pages later, they've got their own spaceship. Yes. And they're sort of flying off and they decide not to fly home. They decide to stay on the planet. And... um they sort of save a load of people and you know there's a huge sort of spaceship landing isn't there and and it, it does become totally ridiculous but 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 at the same time you enjoy it because you follow these two kids who i suppose that's the point isn't it they've they've got a bit of depth to them so we like them yeah i think it, it was something that i i think i enjoyed the first one better because I really related to these kids and thought they were funny and what they were thinking about. Yeah. And then the nice twist, it turns out it's true. 
then the ridiculous ending, and then a second story is going to be different because, well, it just is sci-fi now. You know, we were wondering before. Yeah. But the first volume, the second one, it's full-on uh, sci-fi nonsense from the start. Yeah, there's a body snatchers uh, I, thing going on in the first one, isn't there? You think you, there's a sort of creeping yeah. paranoia, isn't there? A bit. Yeah, you know it's set in the real world. All right. When it starts, you know. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, yeah. you know it's you know it's a story of about kids at yeah. school. And then the second one's different. And I think I hadn't quite liked the second. Well, I wouldn't say I didn't like it, but I'd say I liked the first one better. Right. Yeah. I think I liked, me too I liked as well, man. The mystery. Yeah. I think the character piece is about. Reading it. Yeah, yeah. The characters were good. Uh, the second one, there's they get a bit more. They're introducing things like, um, you know, he says to his little sister, "Oh, you're not even my sister. You're a robot or something." And uh, and then she's upset. And then the mum's like, well, you know, we're robots, we've got feelings and all that. So so they're starting to bring in sci-fi ideas like that. And yeah. it was good, it was well done. Yeah, I think so. Um, but I know what you mean, this... There's, it's it's two different books. Yeah. Yeah, the, the magic would be if it was just the first one for me. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. And, but then I'm curious about, you said there's a third one, so I would be curious yeah, to Yeah, I'd like to know what that is. They, they make a point of saying on... On what site it was I read, they make a point of saying that you do get a conclusion at the end of the f- the second comic. You know there is there is a conclusion enough to make it an enjoyable single reading experience. You're not right. left, you're not left hanging, but they do head off into space somewhere. So I'm guessing that's where it continues. I think the cover yeah. of the third one's got like it looks like um a car or something flying through the air. So I don't know what happens there. Maybe they do end up back on Earth or something. Mm. Yeah, I guess so. Because yeah, they were going to go do that, weren't they? They wanted to go back. Because the secret is, of course, they aren't on Earth, and they, everything is fake. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely that's it. right. Um, yeah, the dialogue I found it, it is it's I think and he does this a lot. He uses a prickly blade to you know. There's like a fencing to his discussion, isn't there? There's um, mm-hmm. a quirk and a prickly repartee i suppose between the characters which i i like good dialogue and good dialogue isn't always easy to do but That's he pulls right. it off yeah there were some some sentences by some characters that just stopped me in my tracks you know some of them <laughs> yeah there's one about the, we'll never surrender we're well, never going to surrender and then his mate goes we surrender it's like that moment as well <laughs> made me laugh yeah 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 that's that's right that that uh evil guy that turns up he's a nasty yeah. piece of work the, <laughs> yeah. the other human kid yes uh but he, he turns out he's a rotter yeah but there was one uh early on with martina speaking to her mum and she's um i'm pointing this out because i made note of it that i liked this one right okay uh, so she's like when you were little did you ever think your parents were robots <laughs> oh i've got that now yeah yeah, she says, no, I thought my parents weren't my real parents. I was a princess. She said, well, was it true? Of course it was, yeah. But I preferred my life here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, none of that was for me. Ha ha, very funny. And then and then the mum just says, Martina, we both know that the world's not a very nice place, but it's up to you to find the good things about it rather than denying reality. And I thought, well, bloody hell, there's, there's a mantra for life. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's quite poignant because you know? we then get three silent panels of a... 
going yeah. into her bedroom and staring out at the moon. It's uh, it's quite a yeah. sad moment, and that that fake robot has put it on her, hasn't she? You know, later that's on right. you realise that's all rubbish. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Clever. But yeah, it's well done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It really is. Um. So we'll talk a little bit about the artist. So the artist is Manu Larsenet, born in France, uh, aka Emmanuel Larsenet. Um, a regular contributor to Fluid Glacial magazine. He was an artist on the Spirou magazine um, and published a lot of his books through Dargard uh, at the moment. So he currently is, is he's still busy. Um, he started publishing his art first off in punk zines in the late 80s and early 90s and played, I think, in a couple of punk bands and was quite well known at the time in France, I think, for doing that and also for illustrating the zines, which were quite quite sought after at the time and, and now go for like huge amounts of money on eBay and stuff. He's very prolific in France. He won Best Comics Award at Angoulême in 2004. Um, he he wrote and drew um, a comic series which is really different called Blast. Have you ever heard of this, Dave? Blast. Oh. If you if you Google, I don't know if you're in a position to Google something at the moment, are you? Or... Uh-huh, yeah. If you put Blast, B-L-A-S-T, and you put his name in, Manuel Larsenet, you'll see, and you'll see how very different it is. And it's a very strange, um, esoteric, really dark, but very bizarrely strange detective oh, story. Yeah. yeah. It's all black and white. And... Ab- almost almost abstract, isn't it? It's almost there. Yeah. 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 And I, I absolutely loved it. And when I read this, I didn't have a clue that they were the same person. They used the same name, obviously, but it just hadn't occurred to me that they did the same book. He did the same book, and it's uh, it's pretty fucking amazing. Um, that is very different, isn't it? Really, and is. we're not really used to that here, are we? We 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 like our artists to have a style. We like that style, and then they do everything like that. Yeah, yeah. It but looks like the most. Different. Yeah, it looks like the most bizarre book you would have got out of. I mean, I don't think even Vertigo would have published it, you know. Yeah, it's pretty special, though. Well, yeah. I actually think his style on this book isn't that different from Trondheim's. I don't know what you yeah, think. Yeah, it's true. I, I do wonder. I do wonder if if Trondheim wrote it doing layouts or something. Yeah, I'm not that I know of, but yeah, it's definitely a possibility. Isn't he? Especially, yeah, and he crams the pages in, doesn't he? Yeah. It flows very like he's a comics he draws himself. Yeah, it's um, it's strange because he comes from you know a country that's probably better off for comics than we are, but we're a country where kids' comics were Spirou or Asterix or you know even Tintin or something like that. This has got I see it as more of a sort of haphazard ramshackle aesthetic. Maybe it's a bit more instinctual, a bit rough-edged, a bit. You know, almost doesn't let the pen off the page when he's drawing a figure to me somehow. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh... Mm. Yeah, but it's... I mean, it's definitely drawn. There's a man with ability there. It's just, uh... Oh, yeah. It's just a bit... Well, there's actually some artwork in it that, in some of the more sci-fi sequences, there's a bit where they're going to the facsimile in New York and things like that. Yeah. And then even, even like, during the alien invasion they're they're flying around in their little ship and there's lo- lots of them flying after them firing and yeah. a lot of the images in that the, the bit where they go in the tunnel and yes. like the under yeah. tunnel and and the, the ships are following them and that's really drawing like 
that that could be like a sci-fi mainstream strip. Yeah, it's know? like Independence Day or something, isn't it? It's like that. Yeah, yeah. If, if not for the look of the main characters, if not for that throwing you off. Yeah. But the, some of that in there was like, it was actually even putting me in mind of like someone Jim Starlin might have drawn. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Especially, I mean, that leads up and there's huge explosions. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite, it's like, um, it's a car chase basically in the middle of this book, isn't it, really? But with spaceships. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's yeah. very good. Um, what do you think of the alien designs? I thought they were funny. I thought they were good. <laughs> yeah. There's one, there's one who's, um, it's a bit like a Dalek, isn't it? You take the top of the man off around his waist, and there's a <laughs> yeah, he's good. There's an alien yeah. sitting there and keeps closing. He's got like a a single joystick that he controls this man with, which is pretty funny. Yeah, yeah I thought there was a bit of uh, influence on like Men in Black movies there or something. Yeah, that's true. You know, you yeah. open the alien and the and the wee dudes in there, or you open the guy up and the wee man's controlling it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you're right though. I think you, I think there must be a hand of. I mean, I'm sure Manu is very capable, but I do feel like there's an there's a hand of Trondheim somewhere in it all. Yeah, yeah, it does feel like that. Yeah, those some of these aliens. There's another. I've got a wee handful of Trondheim comics. Oh, okay. What do you got there? And there's there's another one that he did. Monster, monster. These are hardback books. Okay. Paper cuts. Right. There's one. There's monster mess, monster dinosaur, and monster christmas right okay yeah and uh they're really good and and the and the monster reminds me of these aliens in this there's kind of two sets of aliens isn't there at least yeah at least yeah there's, yeah there's kind of good ones yeah Malwissians. which is the planet they're on isn't it is that right yes I think that's right yeah and they yeah. they uh they they worship all life or hold all life as a sacred or something like that yeah, in fact, there's there's a bit where the 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 bad one of the bad aliens or or somebody that's bad gets killed, you know. In fact, I think he's ranting about something, and then half the ship gets blown away. Right. Yeah. <laughs> towards the end, and then and then the Malvician's like, "How sad! A soul was just silenced to the universe." Oh, fucking it's hell! So, yeah. It's so pompous and funny, and and yeah. <laughs> it's so wrong at that moment. Yeah. Because the bad guy had just been proven how awful he was before he got blew up, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. It was good. Uh, Manu actually worked with... Uh, he's worked with um, Trondheim a few times. He worked with him on a book called um, Donjon and Donjon Parade, which you've seen. I don't know if you've seen them. Oh, uh, I've got one of them, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they were translated. Yeah, they've got that here. Dungeon Parade. Oh, that's right. NBM again. Oh yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, and he also did Manu Larsen again. Yeah, have you ever read any of Trondheim's Dungeon books, which he did with Joanne Safar? Yeah, I've not read them. Are they any good? Thoughts? Yeah, yeah, they were they they, they lean heavily to me on. Uh, I guess one, your fantasy role playing kind of interests. Yeah, it's full of that, and then it's just blatantly really funny as well right cool like, like there's a lot of humor in in this astronauts but i think this one is just full-on you know ridiculous and that's about is it a duck barbarian isn't it i think is that right <sighs> yeah yeah it is and it's in that style again that you can immediately look and go oh yeah that looks like the guy uh that does mcconey you know even even again right. though it's the artists involved as well it's, yeah, it's yeah. interesting i would wonder how they work this out 
Yeah, well, I think... He's got his stamp all over everything. I think on Dungeon, they swap art duties around, him and the artist, because they're like mates. I saw, I saw, the thing is with, about him, because he doesn't like being interviewed, you never know quite know what he's te- saying, if he's saying the truth in an interview sometimes. So mm-hmm. um, I saw an interview, I read an interview with him, and he said, how many volumes are you going to do a Dungeon? And he said, I'm going to do 297. <laughs> yeah. And you think, right, okay, fair enough. And then you hear that it's ending, and you think, well, where's this 297? Um, he, he got asked, why did you do Dungeon? And he said, the only reason I did it is because I watched Lord of the Rings and it's only got two jokes in it. <laughs> so he wanted it with more jokes. Yeah, yeah, I think that's genius. Yeah, I told you the other one earlier, didn't I, before we came online, when he did Poppies of Iraq, um, his wife, which is an autobiography, very serious, you know, autobiographical book about, you know, a terrible place to grow up and where she escaped. And um, they asked him about it and he said... Um, he said, yeah, he said, oh, I didn't have any trouble drawing the book, you know, but uh, I just didn't want to split up my wife because I knew he'd argue. And that was his rep- mm-hmm. And she gave this long, lengthy reply. And that was pretty much all he said. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. He did something called Approximate Continuum Comics. Have you read that? Well, which one is that? It's, a, it's, his, it's an autobiographical I feel like I've one. heard of that, but it's not Little Nothings, is it? I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, see, because that's like a sort of diary comic that he did, like one a day or something. Yeah, might be that then. Little nothings. NBM again. Comics lit. Oh, I need to get hold of that then. I like NBM. They bring out lots of stuff, but it never seems to stay in print very long. Um, 2006 I got these. Uh, okay. So there's two volumes of that. There might have been more, but I've only got two here. Yeah. He did. They were really good, I think. There was one that he put online, but not under his name or something for a while. There you go. That's him all over, isn't it? That's him. Have you read about that? I don't I don't think I have, no. I think for... Uh, this was probably back in reading it in the journal, or maybe online at the, the web, on a website somewhere, but they were saying that this comic was going up every day. Oh, right. But they, they weren't saying who it was doing it, but it looked like Tron time, you know. Right, okay, interesting. And I wonder if that ended up being these little nothings. Yeah, okay. Could be. Yeah. They're good, they're well worth a read. And there's stories in there like um, he's going around on the world on book tours. and There's a good one of them wandering around in Edinburgh. And he's drawn... Oh, really? Uh, okay. He's drawn the buildings and all that. Oh, yeah, nice. really nice stuff there. He used... Um, he used uh, everyone was a gog. I think I, I was sat... I think I was sat behind Mary Fleener during this talk while he was drawing. So he uses an expensive, he's got an expensive um, pen, like just like an ink quill pen, you know, that he draws the outline with. And then he used those watercolour brushes that have the water in the handle, if you've seen them, you know, those ones. Oh. And he used, and just dipped in the watercolour paint and just filled in, filled in with colour. And it was, everyone was agog at watching him. It was just brilliant, you know. Um... That approximate, approximate, approximate continuum comics is what one of his autobiographical things. And it, but again, it's him playing about with things. Um, he, he portrays himself is art, himself as an artist and, and comics maker, along with his family life and the sort of finagling that goes on there. And Paul Gravett ref, refers to it in that essay I spoke about earlier as distortions of memory. I think where he's saying, look, it's where fact meets fiction. Fiction, I suppose. We take, we we you know we take leaps of faith in probably not believing him at certain points you know there's a bit of that yeah but i i prefer that to some po-faced autobiographical comic which is like woe is me or where's my girlfriend you know and uh <laughs> I, I just i just like the fact that he's he's just he's the lord of mischief isn't he he's just fucking with us all over the place 
Um, I think you have to do that, surely. Otherwise, what what are you doing? You're just sitting going. Uh-huh. I know. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> super serious. You you know who you turn into? You turn into Neil Gaiman, who talks about oh, you know how to write a story has got something to do with how many twixes a squirrel can eat, you know, and stuff like that. It becomes like overbearingly boring. But um, yeah, he's uh, he's definitely a rebel. I think that's the impression I get of him. Yeah, it seems like it. Yeah. And I think based on photos I've seen of him, he just looked like this nice little fella, you know, with a nice <laughs> little shirt on. And, you know, he was sitting at his desk. He looked a bit miserable. Yeah. I think I've always just thought he was like some meek little dude, you know, just getting on with it. And I thought, good. Turns out he's, he's a bit of a guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he is. He's a bit of a player, I think. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, he was asked about why he does comics in an interview I saw, and um, as opposed to the the answer he gave me being a bit being because he he likes girls, um, which was just him playing with me. But he said um, we have small budgets. All we need is a pencil, paper, a computer, and a scanner, and anyone in the world can read our books. I think that's great. I like that. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, it's only a you crime. can do what you like. Yeah, exactly, man. Yeah, and as you as you know, and we'll talk about your comics in a minute. But yeah, as you well know, that's that's how it works, isn't it? Um, uh-huh. the, he, he, he does, he did moan a little bit about not selling loads. He says, I'm not one of those big Bondesine sellers. He says, I sell enough. It's comfortable, but he says I could sell more. And maybe, maybe that's the reason we don't see everything of his in translation over here, which is a shame. I mean, especially those diary comics. I'd love to get a big, you know, a big collection, you know, like an Alex sized or Cerebus sized collection of them. Yeah, we just don't seem to see it. But then, you know, it really took uh, uh, Mobius dying for me to realise how little there was of him. Yeah. And I mean, do you get much bigger than him? No, that's true. Yeah, and I, I just don't think we're very good at translating stuff. Mate, that's France and Belgium. The comic stuff over there blew my mind yeah. wandering around. You know, and uh, we see so little of it, don't we? And we, and we got like you know tranches of people obsessed with fucking steven universe when they could be looking at some amazing art you know um yeah um he was asked about um how he keeps going and he says i i stay vigilant it allows me to stop myself repeating and i kind of like he stays vigilant yeah yeah, i know yeah (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't like to repeat yeah that's good yeah i like not repeating i like people who look for something different i think we you know we don't I really don't need to see another Neil Adams Batman as long as I live. I'll be honest with you, as much as I like his art. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. If Neil Adams said, I'm going to do an autobiographical oh, story about me as a rabbit, I'd be all over that. You know, it's funny because when you, when you create stuff, though, you do notice that, oh, I've done that again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. And then you think, well, is that a problem or not? Is that something, should I deliberately get rid of that? Because I've done a variation on that before. Or is that something that's part of how I see yeah. the world and it's interesting. Yeah. I've just hit on something like that re- recently writing something. Okay. And uh, I'm kind of, I think I'm verging towards, no, I'll leave it in. That's, yeah, that's maybe my thing. That's maybe what I do. Yeah. I got this recently. I got, um, I'm doing a, a new comic with Daryl Thorpe. I love Daryl. He's a great geezer and uh, a great mm. artist. And he said, Oh, I thought this, you need, we need to Tony this up. And I'm thinking, Oh, I've got that reputation. Haven't I? You know, oh. what do you call adult well, comics? Ones with cocks in. You know, I've got that reputation yeah. now, Dave. You know, that's interesting though, because you don't want to 
become a parody of yourself, do you? No, you don't. Yeah. You don't want to go, here's the cock in the eyeball moment. <laughs> yeah, again. You know, it's yeah. page 24 and I've not done it yet. <laughs> well, only do it if you want it in there, eh? Yeah, if it's... yeah. But for Trondheim, he does all biographical comics. He does kids' comics. He does, you know, broad science fiction action comedies like Barbara, like like Infinity Eight, which has got a Barbarelli quality to it. You know, he does mm-hmm. he does loads of different stuff. Maggie Garrison is something else completely. So maybe I mean we live. There's so many stories we can tell. There's such a broad range of stuff we can come up with in the real or the fantasy world. Um, yes. We need. To, we maybe we need to. I'm not going to do another crime book. I'm not going to do another superhero book. I'm not going to do another um, reality-based book or biographical book. I'm gonna, I'm gonna choose something utterly different. You know. Um, yeah. Is there anything you've sort of always wanted to do and you've never got around to, Dave? Oh. In terms of comics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. You know. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know this. Uh, I mean. That's that's a big question. I, because I I just uh, I don't really aim at any particular thing. Well, even that's not true though, because I do a lot of things that are say for anthologies or even competitions. You know, yeah, they're looking for a comic about this or that. So I'll sit and work on that, but I have to be able to live with it. You know, I can't just. I can't just say anything just because they want me to. Yeah. Okay. I have I have to be able to live with it. But I don't know. I mean there could be like totally non a total nonsense uh, fantasy things about like, you know, oh I I always wanted to draw the Hulk or something, you know. <laughs> yeah, I get yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, you know, I could draw the Hulk whenever I like. So I never really think about that, you know. Yeah, it's the old Eddie Campbell quote, isn't it? Anyone who makes a comic is in comics. Don't stress about it. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, and I always think um, uh, that 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 thing of it. All I can think of when they ask people, uh, "What superhero have you always wanted to draw?" You know, yeah, it's not quite exactly what you asked, but it's all I can think of of like, yeah. Um, and uh, it's just like, I mean, imagine if you did. Imagine if your big feeling was, "I would really love to draw." Um, Judge Dredd, you know? Yeah. And then imagine you kept... Well, I always think, well, yeah, keep drawing Judge Dredd then and keep sending it into Tharg. <laughs> and, then, and then just keep doing that and he'll keep saying no. And then just keep doing it and then he'll say yeah one day and then it'll be in this week's 2000 AD. There's a bit of that going on, and isn't then, there? Yeah. And then it's like, well, then what? You know, I guess it's what you want to do with comics, what you think comics are for and what you want to achieve. Yeah. I think it would be nice if I drew the Hulk. But I could draw the Hulk any time, uh, and meantime I'll do whatever I want in comics. You know? Yeah, I sometimes think because you and I do it for a hobby. You know, we're not going to be millionaires, Dave. The not doing it as a professional career. Yeah, and I think oh maybe I should do a I don't know a fantasy book or you know maybe I should do a you know science fiction who done it or Christ I don't oh, know yeah. what else you know a vampire book or something and I'm like I don't really like vampire. <laughs> Yeah, I got occasionally like reading them, no. but I can't really, I can't really get no. the motivation to do it. I just, I quite like writing about barbarians, putting people, putting yeah. cocks in people's eyes. I'm going to go and do that. So, so yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I like science fiction, as you know. Yeah. I mean, we talked about quite a few. Yeah, we have. I mean, this one. Yeah. Even. So I like doing science fiction comics. In fact, uh, the, the latest comic I've just written, but a big, longer one. It's the first big 
story I've done that doesn't have any fantasy or sci-fi element in it. Right. Or potential. Because even like Bell Time, it was like I had that sort of weirdo time travel, what's going on thing going on. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But this one, I finished it, wrote it, and I thought, oh, I didn't, I didn't shoehorn in any fantasy element. Okay. Do you know what? I feel like I've completely missed the point of your question. <laughs> that's all right. No, it's fine, is man. There, is no, there anything fine. you want? Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's fine. Straightforward answer. I mean, the 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 answer you've given there is you organically find a story and you write about it. So I think I think one of the great um, the great failings of British small press is people think that a horror book is going to be, you know, is going to get them noticed by Marvel, or they think if they do a version of the Justice League, it's going to get them seen by DC and picked up. And that's not the case. They're not. That's not what they're looking for. They're looking for something that's original and well told. Because everyone can do a Justice League story about the meeting Dark Side or something, you know. Um, and I suppose yeah. if you do get picked up by a big company, um, they're going to say to you, "Oh, oh, what Batman? No, son, no, or no, darling, you're gonna, you got to do a, you know, a Hellcat romance or something like that." You know, it's like and you're like, "Oh, right," and you you suddenly you've you suddenly realise it's a job and you got to start. You know, I'm. I don't think I read many romance stories. I'd have to start writing a romance story, something. You know, it's like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, maybe we should stretch our muscles, but let's keep ourselves happy, I suppose, is the answer to that one. Yeah. But then you've also got um, people in terms of, <clears throat> never mind what they like to create, what they want to read. So their idea of what a comic is is going to have yeah. certain limits on it, as everybody's does. But then maybe they've got more limits. Maybe... Maybe they like Marvel and DC and that, and and maybe nothing else. Yeah, yeah. And maybe they read an image comic once, and yeah, they tried indie comics. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah. But, you know, they like real comics, like Marvel. I mean, it's another. This is a fantasy universe I'm talking about here, but I can see that people do live there. Yeah, I mean, from the sales numbers, a lot of people don't, you know, just read Marvel comics. Let's face it. Yeah. Yeah, and in the Which, you know, in the 80s, I just read Marvel and DC comics. There's very little else I read other than possibly some 2000 AD and something like that, but there wasn't much else out there, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, moving on. So we've we've uh, we've had a bit of a chat about um, Mr. Trondheim and Mr. Larsenay and Astronauts of the Future, which I very much enjoyed. It's a good choice. Let me roll out my uh, Lewis Trondheim anecdote once again. Um, is there a book by Trondheim? other than this, that you would recommend for people to pick up? Other than this, yeah, because yeah. obviously I picked this one because it was my fave. Yeah. I would probably go, Tony, with the Little Nothings collections. Oh, okay. Because they are... Is that the parrot they're, creature? They're more relatable. Is that... Yeah, he's kind of drawing a beak on himself. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And he, and he's and he's walking around. Really, it looks like he's done it the way you talked about with the artists watching him. It's yes. got the black line and then the the different lovely colours put onto it. Yeah. And then it's him thinking about things as he's going around doing stuff, which is a kind of comics that I like, you know. Yeah. No, I think I'd, I think I'd find that quite nice to read. I think. Yeah. yeah, I remember coming away from that because I was in the ho- I was staying in the same hotel and just walking up to my room and because it was American time I was you know up really early I thought I'll give that a go I'm going to give that a go you know and it wasn't as easy as it looked but uh, he made it look very easy yeah um, I'd recommend yeah. Maggie Garrison I think it's a good book I think it's um 
it's one of those books and i i am not a fan not a fan of any tv shows compared to the comics comics are by far the best but i can't see why it isn't a tv show it's, it seems to be ideal for it not that it was written for it but it looks ideal for it and it's a great strong character it's only a shame he's not returning to it but um i'm hoping it's done quite well so it went from europe comics they public they translated it and then it got picked up by i think self-made hero put it out as a a single um collection nice big thick collection sort of the size of a uh, from hell or something like that you know um yeah i have to check that one out yeah it's good fun man yeah it's good know that. good stuff right well um if you hang on at the end of the program we'll be getting the sponsor um our new sponsor is still with us um we'll be getting a new interview a new advert from him next week but currently you'll get to hear about his cult at the end of the show um and we'll just move on to some questions about you dave if you don't mind um i literally an hour ago opened an envelope and in it was um the that comic smell comic so finally out man. Oh, yeah. finally there yep yep it's out. it's uh it's available and it's on Comic House as well. I see you were top of the Comic House charts the other day. Yep. Top of the pot. <laughs> I screenshot it and sent it to you. Yeah, it's very exciting. Pretty good, eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The boys must be it's pleased with that, man. Be... They must be. I mean, that's that's the right, that's the best thing to do. Put your money where your mouth is. You're a comic podcast. We did the same as well, funny enough. Yes. And you put a comic out and, uh, yeah, of course you can. Yeah. Are you going to well, do another one, do you think, or? I think we will. Good. Um, I'm sure we will. Okay. In fact, I've already had Mike saying something like, oh, see for the next one, we should, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh, that's the wheels started to turn in, you know? <laughs> yeah. Mike's great. So, yeah. He's an ideas oh, machine, yes, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. As long as the idea is something to do with dinosaurs. And I don't mind dinosaurs. I quite like them. So there you go. Um, so who's involved? It's you, Mike, um, yes. Tom, and, uh, Nando. and Nando. Fernando, yeah. Yeah. Nando did the cover, and he did a, a story about the the Comic Smell podcast. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then we had John Tucker as well. With Tom Wright? Tom wrote that one, didn't he? Uh, Tom wrote it. John drew it beautifully. Yeah. And it's uh, just is it, is it's it called, came out really nice. Off the top of my head, is it called Jack, Jack uh, Jetpack? Is that right? Oh, I can't remember now. Yeah, close. It's called Rocket. Rocket, right. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, and it's a nice little package, man. It's sort of American comic size, isn't it, I think? That's right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, who did you get it printed yeah. with in the end? Uh, it was uh, Mixam. Oh, cool, yeah. Yeah, Mixam. we use Mixam. They're quite user-friendly, aren't they? Yeah, they're good. Good stuff, man. So where can people get that? Well, they can order it on fredegcomics.bigcartel.com and also, if you're on Comic House, you can read it there or order a copy there good good stuff and it was recently at number one in the charts on comic house <laughs> print that out and put it on the wall yeah exactly yeah <laughs> what's the what's the uh, the pan notes pouring yeah <laughs> yeah contrary to what we were saying i'm going to be retiring <laughs> from my day job next month good now what's next for you dude uh, well, I've just had a, there was a there was a zine called Pocket Thoughts. Okay. Number three. Oh, okay. That just came out, and it's got. I think the last time I spoke to you, I said I'm going off to do my Billy Joel comic. I'm sure <laughs> I said that. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Yeah. And so it's it's now been printed in their 
Pocket Thoughts number three, and it's called We Didn't Start This Fire. <laughs> what a classic song. Is that, are they a UK group, or that's not your that's, book, is it? Is it? That's a US, uh, it's a US zine. Oh, nice. Nice work. Yeah. Uh, you might ask me where you can buy it, and I can't remember offhand. I'll look it up. I did... Stop, man. I'll stick it in Yeah, the... it's online. If you look up uh, Pocket Thoughts, they've got an Etsy shop, and you can order it there. Okay, I'll look it up. Cool. And I had fun uh, doing the drawings of Billy Joel singing it, but all the lyrics are almost right, but they're <laughs> just all slightly wrong. They're nice. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so the, the meter of it was just off all the way through. Like, <laughs> what? It's no, no. What? That'll teach the so Billy Joel good. purists. Yeah. And, oh, they'll love it. And what else you got going on on the go, mate? Well, you've always got something on the bubble. What else you got on the bubble? I've been. Santa also brought me these Windsor and Newton inks. Oh, okay. That I've never used before, because I'm always, whenever I colour things with watercolours over the years, I like doing that. But you know, when you I, I draw I draw something in a black line first, and then do the watercolours. Okay. Yeah. And then there's these different ideas of how to maintain your black line you know because yeah. you paint over it a... and so there's different ideas i've tried over the years to do that like you know doing the black and white and then overlaying it digitally and all this okay but then somebody somebody i know said have you tried these inks you know yep, they're good and so i started doing that this week i've got i've got this new comic that i'm drawing it's just a one page thing okay and it's a uh, I think it's called In an Ideal World. I'm not quite sure, but I think that's the title. Right, okay. Who's that for? And it's for a... There's an energy awareness campaign <laughs> going on just now. <laughs> right? I'm not making this up. <laughs> I saw this online. Energy awareness campaign. And they're looking for art about energy awareness. Okay. And so they had a big list of things you could do. You know? Yeah. And it didn't say comics, so I thought, right, I'll do a comic for them then. Oh, cool. You know, it was like knitting, you know. <laughs> it was like any stuff you could think of, they wanted yeah, it, you know. Yeah. So I thought, right, well, they want a comic then. Yeah, everyone needs a comic, man, in their lives. Yeah, so I've done a comic about it, and it's got things about the Industrial Revolution in it and all this kind of stuff. From a point of view of a Dundee point of view, or? Uh, no, just more of a... There was a bunch of research online that was like, have a look at this and see what you think. Mm. So I went and looked into all that, and it was, I just kind of tried to get a handle on it. As I said, it's got to be something I can live with, you know? Yeah, I get you. Yeah, yeah. So so I've, I've got to be able to do this knowing that they'll reject it, and, and then it'll still be mine, and it'll be in my comic. So it's got to be someone that fits my standards first, and then they can decide if they want it or not. That's pretty much the way I... And you can always use it anyway, it. can't you? Yeah, yeah well, because I'm quite pleased with it. And I've started doing the, the inks, and it's oh, it's coming out nice, uh, purely in terms of... What, what are you... So you've got the inks. Have you got... What are you using? A dip pen or using a brush or...? I've got, like, a brush pen I usually use. Right. And then other... Um, we're really getting into it now, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. I, I usually use I usually use brush pens for like figures, faces, characters, things like that. Okay. And then for like background stuff or mechanical things that are in the picture, I'll use um you know, fine line yeah. waterproof pens. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, so it's the mix of those two. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I, 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 I like the way that it's uh, just putting the colour on and and the black is still very strong. The black. Oh, that's good. I get you. Yeah, I see what you mean now. So the yeah, green yeah. come through. Oh, uh, nice. Good stuff, man. In your the west wing of your house in your little studio. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was sitting here looking out the window at the snow coming down today, <laughs> uh, and to, and putting inks onto this, onto this bit of artwork. And do you know what happened? A van pulled up in front of my house, and guess who it was? It was Tom Stewart <laughs> of that comic smell fame. Yeah, <laughs> gets everywhere. Yeah, oh, I good. thought that's Tom Stewart. Yeah, so he came over and how's it going? And he dropped someone off. Nice. That I was expecting, so that was nice. And then off he went on his merry way. <laughs> With the police chasing after them, a, a, you know, a van full of what dogs. What's the purpose of your journey? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they got a leg to stand on. At the end of my road, they were making a movie of that, and I'm thinking, what's necessary about that? It's probably some shit movie. Uh, yeah, they've definitely the, the idea of what an essential worker is is way too wide, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Good. And um, what have you got coming up on the show, dude? Have you got um? We've just had um, Scottish comics. So I'm I'm almost finished that episode, and then mm-hmm. it's uh, Sarah Ra 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 Ra, whose name that lady. She's on there, isn't she? That's right. I love your hicks. Yes. It. Yep. Uh, and there's another there's another couple in the bag that I forget, and then there's we're doing one tomorrow. Okay. And um, I think that's more just a general catch up chit chat thing. Uh, that's it, really. Are you yeah. doing any that's... more of your read through of Justice League International? Because I enjoyed those. Yeah, yeah, I will get back to that. Yeah, that must be due to come down soon because we seem to be doing one of them a year. Yeah, I like them. Yeah, I, I listened to that. I actually listened to that one on the way to come and see you when I saw you last time, which seems like ah. a fucking age ago. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I do like that. It's still a favourite series of mine. Yeah, and me, man. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, so one I showed to my son, and he loved it as well. So it's one of those sort of ones you can pass on. Um, so That's remind great. us again, Dave, where we can get your comics from and where we can get that comic smell comic from. Yeah, you want to look into Fred Egg Comics. And the Fred Egg Comics shop is a Big Cartel. Lovely. Cool. And where can we find you on social media, dude? Well, at Fred Egg Comics on Twitter. Yeah. And uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm just David Robertson on Facebook. But if you look at the picture of me, it's Fred Egg. Fred Egg. Good stuff, man. <laughs> so you'll find me there. Oh, thanks, man. Good. Another great one. Another in the bag. Thanks for that. We're uh, we're now going to move over to hear from our sponsor. Um, and Dave and I will continue chatting and, and plan our next episode. Thanks, dude. Hi there. My name is Clef Cumber. You may know me as the bad boy of comics and the artist behind such filth as Tony Osmond is a movie star for Tribute Press and Future Shock, branded for Space Warp. Lacking in focus, lacking in purpose, suffering from the existential despair of crushing doubt. We've all been there, my friend. I'm no stranger to being a loser like you. What? You thought I was always this way, a megastar comic artist? <laughs> no, I was a deadbeat nobody too. That was until I started a cult. And I'm recruiting free robe with every membership. Surrender your will to me and finally find the purpose you're looking for. Subservience. Don't let life beat you down, friend. Join my cult and let me do it for you. 
paid for by the Cult of Q. 